Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, it was a nice night at the Garden. Finally, order restored in this town. Get KD and Kyrie the heck out of here. We didn't discuss any of that stuff. Yesterday, of course, we were recapping the Super Bowl, but now as we turn our attention to other sports, being that the football season is officially over, and of course, we'll monitor the offseason very closely with Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones and everything else that comes along with the offseason. We now look to basketball, hockey, spring training, college basketball, those other things. They're going to be front and center over the next couple of months here before baseball gets underway in now 44 days with opening day. But what a way to start talking about the basketball or the the hockey where you get the Knicks and Nets last night. And finally, it has happened. The Knicks able to beat the Brooklyn Nets. And look, I actually, it, it, obviously, you know how I feel if you listen to the show about the Nets in, in recent history with KD and Kyrie and, and Harden and all that stuff. But now, I actually feel bad for them, and I feel bad for their fans. And not that the Knicks are anything great. We know what trouble the Knicks bring. But the Nets had all those high hopes of championship and all this stuff with KD and Kyrie and the pairing, and it was just nothing but a headache, nothing but drama. Now they rid themselves of those two guys, and they have a you know solid team. Bridges, Cam Johnson. I, I love Dinwiddie. He's a, he's a stud. So, and look, not the stud the level of KD, of course, but still, they have some players. But they're not as good as the Knicks. And the Knicks finally able to pull away from them last night in the second half of that game and get the 124-106 win. And the Knicks finally, when matching up with the Nets, have the better players on the floor. I do not understand. I was away with the All-Star stuff, so I didn't see the voting, nor do I really care about it anyway. But... I have a hard time believing that Jalen Brunson is not an all-star. And it doesn't really matter other than him himself, who I'm sure is disappointed that he didn't make the all-star team. But Jalen Brunson is the best player on the Knicks by far. And all due respect to Julius Randle, who is now a two-time all-star for the Knicks. I, I like him. Randle's fine. Jalen Brunson is he's a, a, a major difference maker for this Knicks franchise. You could see it early on. They desperately needed a point guard. He is the answer at that point guard position, but he shoots way better than I ever could have thought. 
he does it all. I mean, the fact that you could have a 40-point game with no turnovers, to me, is something that's unheard of for a Knicks fan. What? A 40-point game for a point guard with no turnovers? Are you kidding me? Brunson is the face of the Knicks, even with Randall being the all-star. And I think that that's a good thing. And you wonder now, paired with Hart, and I know Hart's coming off the bench and he had a big night. And, you know, again, I didn't even have to watch him play a game. What Hart said immediately made me fall in love with him because he was a guy that clearly got what this city was about or what this city is about. And not only as a whole, the blue-collar attitude and, and all that, but more specifically, what being a Nick should be about. Far too often over the last two decades, we have seen guys come in here and just play a horrible brand of basketball. No defense, no energy, no effort, no care, no passion. And Hart is the exact opposite of that. And he embodies everything that this town loves about their basketball team or wants to love about their basketball team, that did love about their basketball team in the 90s. We talked about that yesterday after you know reading his quotes before he even set foot on the floor. Obviously, he's now played two games, and both games have been terrific. The Garden crowd already loves him. He's wearing the right number, number three. Finally, a worthy individual wearing that number three since John Starks. It's been given a lot, uh, been given out a lot to many different players. Very few have been actually worthy of it. Hart is one of them. You even heard Mike Breen during the broadcast compare Hart or say that Hart could have played on those '90s Knicks teams. That is something that I always say is the highest compliment that I could pay a current Nick is that they could have played on those '90s teams. Well, Hart is a guy that can do that. And look, you don't expect him to keep up the scoring, 27 points last night. However. He is a another key piece here where the Knicks have gotten better. And they start to trim the fat a little bit. Now, look, you get Mitchell Robinson back healthy, but you start to you know limit some of the minutes for the other guys. They look like a better team. And with the Nets falling, and they haven't fallen completely yet, but they will. With the Nets eventually dropping in the standings, you know, the Nets right now are the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. They are not a five-seed talent-wise as currently constructed. So without Durant in particular, but without Durant and Kyrie, the Nets are going to fall off a little bit. They may play hard. They're going to be a playoff team. It'll probably be a bottom, you know, the, the, the bottom part of it, seven through ten there. But that leaves a spot potentially in either the top five if the Knicks could get the five-seed or if the Knicks could get the six seed, but the top six to actually, you know, have a spot for the Knicks, and that's a big deal for this team. Now, I'm not saying that the Knicks could win a first round series, but this is much better than anything we've seen. And the problem that you have with this Knicks team, while there are some exciting things we talk about it with Brunson and Hart and Julius Randle, the negative is R.J. Barrett. I I just, I can't do it anymore with R.J. Barrett. I'm over it. Uh, I've never been a fan of his. Let me rephrase that. I've never been a fan of his game. I'm a fan of his personally. He seems like a great kid, great work ethic, guy who works hard, wants to improve. I can't stand the inconsistency. I can't stand a shooting guard that can't shoot. 
the basketball. And if he's not able to shoot, which is clearly not a strength, you got to attack the rim and get to the free throw line. Even that is an issue for R.J. Barrett. He He's a major problem. And as many good moves as the Knicks have made in recent years with Leon Rose, R.J. Barrett, uh, the, the extension for him or being reluctant to deal him. I mean, think about what this Knicks team would look like right now. And even Grimes, who... Look, Grimes does a lot of good things. I like him as a player, but he's also inconsistent, and his shot needs to be better. I mean, he misses way too many shots. And he's a young player that's growing, and, yeah, you hate to give up on the potential, but think of how much better this team would be or how much different they would look if, in fact, they had Donovan Mitchell instead of R.J. Barrett. Now, would that mean that they would have had to give up Grimes, Barrett, and Obi Toppin? I mean, at this point, i do it. Obi Toppin is useless. I can't, you know, he's another one. Again, I like him personally, and I think he could bring excitement in transition. His game is limited, and it doesn't fit what the Knicks are doing, what the Knicks need. Obi Toppin is a waste. I mean, that's a waste. You, you ask yourself, why can the Knicks not get to another level That is why when you waste two first-round picks, and again, with Barrett, they kind of got screwed with the the luck of the draw where they fell from what was supposed to be the top pick to the third pick. They miss out on Zion. They miss out on John Morant. They end up with R.J. Barrett, a big drop-off there. Now, they could have made another pick, a better pick, but they settled for R.J. Barrett, and it really hasn't worked out. Obi Toppin, same thing. That was their own mistake. And those two guys are, Obi Toppin's become basically irrelevant, but that's still a problem. You have to get a useful, at the very least, a useful piece with the number one pick. And Barrett, to me, is culprit number one for why this team can't get to another level. But if we try to avoid the negatives and see, look, maybe Barrett will lose some minutes to Josh Hardier, and we'll see. Uh, how you know Tibbs is going to have that rotation moving forward, but you got to imagine that Hart's going to be a main factor, being the way that he's played. Even if he cools off a little bit, he does so many things on the floor that help you win basketball games. He does so many things on the floor that get the crowd into it, that just bring a different energy to the game. So you look at the way the Knicks are constructed right now, they're a good team with a star point guard in Jalen Brunson. People may not realize it yet. I know here we do from watching him night in, night out. Nationally, he may not get the respect that he deserves. Brunson is a stud. I mean, there's no other way to put it. You could say the guy's consistent. He's a leader. There isn't anything on the floor he can't do. He plays hard both ends of the floor. He could knock down the three. He could attack the rim. Brunson's a stud. The Knicks have their guy. That was a great Acquisition. Now, they got fortunate that their father works for the Knicks and, you know, the relationship with Leon Rose, sure. But either way, I mean, take advantage of it. And they're missing one more big star. Brunson, Randall, plus a a number one. And you could say that about a lot of teams, I'm sure. But the Knicks are that close. I don't know what value R.J. Barrett would have in the offseason as far as being traded can't imagine a ton. And with that contract, is going to be a problem. I don't know where that star is coming from. If the Knicks aren't going to have a top pick, which they're not, I don't know where they're getting that star. 
it just sucks to think that Donovan Mitchell could have been that guy. And it was the perfect fit. I understand why the Knicks didn't want to overextend. I don't think draft picks were an issue. Maybe they thought they had more leverage than they actually did with Cleveland. But giving up Barrett, I don't think giving up Barrett was a problem. I believe it was the other parts that were the issue. And who knows? There are different stories out there. It just sucks to think that they could have had Mitchell, who, you know, Met fan, grew up around here, all that stuff. Local guy would have been, oh, man, he would have had this city. He would have owned this city. And to dream about the combination of Brunson and Mitchell and you throw in Julius Randle as a third option, a guy who's a two-time All-Star now for the Knicks, now you're really cooking something. And, you know, they that team maybe could do damage in the Eastern Conference. This team, I doubt that they can. Now, if you get, if the Knicks get up to a five seed, maybe things change. I know Cleveland's good. I'm not trying to disrespect them at all. But of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, Cleveland will be the one that might be beatable. You know, the Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, the Knicks aren't beating them in a series. You get Cleveland, maybe you could have a first-round series that you can actually win going into it. But either way, it was a nice night at the world's most famous arena for the Knicks. Great night for Brunson. Great night for Hart. And uh, an important night. I I know it's kind of weak getting their first win against the Nets after the departure of KD and Kyrie. But it does at least show that order has now been restored. That the Nets' dominance over the Knicks has come to an end. The Nets being a nationally relevant team has come to a screeching halt that is now over. And the Nets look to build themselves with a solid team. And, you know, back to, you know, back to basics, back to the beginning now, without selling out for the superstars. Got to build the team the right way, which they were doing the first time. I think that they could do it again. It's just going to be a while before they, you know, are able to find that star power. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, can they get it through the draft? We'll see. But obviously it's a far fall from having the high hopes. When you have KD and Kyrie, as crazy as it may have been, you still have a chance at championship. And even me, as big of a doubter as I've been of that group with the Nets, I thought this would be the year where, you know what, they went through the adversity. Maybe they'll put it together this year and go on a run. And obviously that's not going to be the case with now both those guys gone and the whole thing broke it up. An easier team to root for, for sure, for Brooklyn, but obviously a team that cannot now win the championship. They are you know, on par with a team like the Knicks, who can maybe make the postseason or will make the postseason, but cannot go out there and win a title. But for the Knicks, it's about Jalen Brunson. It's about Josh Hart. It's about you know what, how far they can go. Can they get that five seed? Can they win a first-round series? And you know what? Just enjoy the ride. It's been it's been awful being a Knicks fan for the better part of two decades. And we shouldn't just look at this team, and I'm talking to myself here too. We shouldn't just look at this team and say, ah, well, they can't win a first round series, or you know, their max is winning a first round series at the very best. So why bother? You know what? It's entertaining. It's been fun. They're improving. They've gotten significantly better. And it's rare that you have the opportunity to actually enjoy a Knicks season. 
So let's enjoy this one. 877-337-6666. We'll get into some baseball stuff, of course, along the way where, you know, pitchers and catchers reporting this week and guys already starting to show up down there. I know it's not technically baseball season yet, but we're getting there. Pitchers and catchers show up. You get warmed up to it. Spring training begins. We're, you know, you, you start to get into that. This year we have the WBC. We got some rule changes that are going to be in effect. And obviously one that was uh, made permanent yesterday. So we could talk about that as well. And look, still, if you want to get uh, get your thoughts, if you haven't done it on the Super Bowl yet, I'll take your calls on that as well. Whatever's on your mind on this now Tuesday morning. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we're known for being polite so we give you a chance to talk to call the fan at 877-337-6666 powered by superbook sports visit superbook.com 
back on the bet. May 2023, the year you bet, uh, the year you beat Vegas. You can bet in Vegas and beat Vegas. Superbook Sports gives you the chance every week to go head to head with the best odds makers in Las Vegas. No fancy computer algorithms. No guys across the pond setting lines for American sports. Just the best team of odds makers in the business behind the counter at the Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odds boosts and promo bets anywhere. So download the Superbook Sports app or visit Superbook.com and start your battle against Vegas right now. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 877-337-6666. One thing I was thinking... On the Super Bowl, and by the way, if you guys want to call and talk about that, I'm fine with it. I know we did it yesterday for three hours, but it's still uh, it's still okay to talk about uh, the Super Bowl. It's like New Year's. Uh, Happy New Year. When, when does that expire? A couple of days after the fact. No, Super Bowl talk, a couple of days after the fact. But one thing I was thinking, and I've been in this boat all along. Brady's coming back. I don't care that he filed his retirement papers. I feel like Brady's coming back. Don't you think that Brady sitting back watching Mahomes win a second one? Knowing that Mahomes just 27 years of age, all the talk about, wow, he's got a chance to catch Brady. Don't you think at some point Brady's going to be like, ah, I don't know, man. Maybe try to sneak one more in. Let me go join up with the Niners and try to win my eighth. Catch that, Patrick. I feel like the fact that Mahomes won another one pushes Brady even more to potentially coming back. I know it sounds crazy now. But he retired once before. I wouldn't be shocked if he unretires again. I just, I mean, go based on what we know. The guy loves the game. Loves the game. He's made an emotional decision after the season to retire. I don't know. This is it for the for real. And he's not going to be in the Fox booth for another year after that. Which is a whole nother issue. 877-337-6666. The other thing is too many people are making a big deal about the broadcast. Like, all right, we get it. I love Burkhardt. I thought he did a great job. It's not about that. It's about the game. Since when do we give so much of a crap about the announcers? Is that like a new thing? It's And I get that people cover sports media. I mean, I do the podcast with Jimmy Train every week. I know it's his thing, covers sports media. Like, we talk we talk about it. It's fine. Marshan does Like, I get it. But is it that big of a deal that everybody's... It's Romo, everybody loves him, and now they hate him. Now it's Olsen, everybody loves him, and in a year from now, it's going to be like, oh, he sucks, where's Brady? Like, who cares? It's about the game, not about the announcers. The best part about that crew, Burkhart and Olsen, they don't annoy you, and they didn't become the story. They gave you the game. It was about the game. That's what's great about it. 877-337-6666. Louie is calling from Somerset, New Jersey. What's up, Louis? Hey, what's going on, Sal? Good morning, brother. Morning, Lewis. Hey, Sal, man. <clears throat> I got to tell you something. I, I have to admit this, right? When when the Knicks got Brunson, I had thought that they overpaid for Brunson. I was it. I mean, I, I, I liked him coming to the Knicks, but I was just... Now I think about it, man, they got him at a bargain, especially the way this kid is balling. And, and not only, I mean, in the fourth quarter, like I was looking at him, I mean, he goes in the paint. 6-2, and he goes in the paint, you know, and it, 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 he's really becoming the face of the Knicks. And it makes sense now because with the Mavs, you know, he was just another player. Now he's the face. I mean, he is the face of the Knicks. And building off of him is going to be a great thing. He's young. You know, um, he's, he's, 
I mean, he's just balling out. Oh, it's a great, it, it was a great move. And I don't think, as much as we would have liked the, the move, Lewis, initially, I don't think anybody, look, look, he didn't have the opportunity to do it. We saw signs of it with Dallas last year. But nobody really, and maybe the Knicks uh, were the only ones, nobody, I don't think, thought he could be a superstar. He is turning into, I mean, he's that level. I'm not putting him on you know, the, the top, top echelon. But he is a star player in the league. There's no question about it. I mean, the guy goes, he went for 40 with no turnovers last night. That That is not something that's a fluke. He's been no. scoring 30 points. He's been great, J- uh, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, 40 points with no, with no turnover. That's not a fluke. And, and the other thing, too, is, you know, um, playing with playing with Dallas, you know, it's it's it's, it's Lucas' team, mm-hmm. so it's, it's so so it, it was it was really hard. It's going to be hard, but like now, you know, you're getting these games in New York, and I mean, you're in New York, so everybody's going to be everybody's going to see this. Um, I just I, I like the direction that the Knicks are going in. I like that. Um, they just have to just keep building. I'll keep it short for tonight. Um, they got to keep building. And you know they just keep going. But they got a they got a Barrett problem. That that's an issue that they got to fix. And and you know what? It it, it was that draft class. That's that's we got caught up in that draft class because that was the same draft class with Zion and Cam Reddish came out, and there was you know that that year they they I mean these these three kids were phenomenal at Duke. Right. Um, so that that's what it was. But we do have a because you said it, man. He, he he's a good kid. Is is you're a shooting guard. You're supposed to shoot the ball. Well, I mean that was the issue coming out of college, Lewis. And thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. He is a two guard who doesn't a shooting guard who doesn't shoot. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's pick him. And then his strength is to attack the rim, but a weakness was his free throw shooting. That doesn't make any sense. So I hated those things from the beginning about R.J. Barrett. When you watched him here, though, with the Knicks, he did grow from year one to year two, and he did improve, whether it be free throw shooting or just overall. But the problem that you have is now it seems like we've hit a bit of a wall here where he's regressing, and he's been inconsistent. He cannot shoot the ball. I don't think that that's something that is going to improve to a level that it needs to for him to get to the level that he needs to for the Knicks to get to the level that they need to. He's got to play at an all-star level for them to get to the next level. And he can't do that without a consistent shot. He's just not a good shooter. You can shoot all the jumpers you want in the gym, in practice, in shoot-around, stay late night, go early. He's just not a good shooter. He's not consistent. It's a problem. I cringe when he shoots. Two guys who I never want to see take a shot. I understand that they have to at times, but I never want to see take a shot. In particular, a three-pointer. R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin. And Obi, I mean, (laughs) Obi thinks he's Steph Curry popping threes. Like, dude, that's not your game. Attack the rim. But RJ's a problem because he's shown signs of being a guy with potential to be an all-star. But the majority of the time, he is just not. And, you know, similar to what we would talk about with quarterbacks, whether it's Daniel Jones or Wilson or whoever else, we have to think about, eh, I don't know if this is the guy or not. Well, if you have to think about if this guy is going to be a player or not, 
you know, some days you get excited, some days you don't. Generally, it means he's not a good player, and I look to move on. And now, you know, we're talking about a few years here with R.J. Barrett. I'm not saying that they should give up on him, but the fact that they just signed him to that big extension, they needed more production from R.J. Barrett, and he's struggling. And right now, it's easy to come on and pick on him, but I've never been a fan of his game. And when you see him struggle the way that he did last night in particular, there are too many games like that where he just doesn't have it. If you can't shoot the basketball, you better be attacking the rim. And for R.J. Barrett to not have a free throw attempt is unacceptable. He should be a guy that should be able to score 20 a night, even if 13 of them have to come from the free throw line. That's the type of player that he is. So I'm not sure what his issue is, but he needs to figure it out because that's the spot where the Knicks need another star. That's where it goes. RJ or Grunt. Look at it now. Sims, whatever. And and like we said, with Robinson out. So where are they improving in that starting five? Brunson, great. Randall, again, high level, all-star. Barrett and Grimes. One of those guys needs to be replaced. You don't need two stars. You need one. One of those guys needs to be replaced with a legitimate star. And really, you'd like to get a legitimate star to replace one of them, and then Josh Hart could replace the other one. Bob is calling from Bayside. Good morning, Bob. Yes, uh, Sal, before I get to my point, I have a point about uh, your opening last night. I just want to agree with you about uh, Brady. Uh, If he goes to San Francisco, they will be number one. They will eclipse the Philadelphia Eagles. Did you hear the other day what uh, Brandon Ayuk, the San Francisco uh, receiver, said about the Phillies? No. He says, we watched films all week long. And if we had a quarterback, because they were down to their fourth I thought, I thought it was, uh, I thought Debo Samuel said that. Was that No, Ayuk? Brandon oh, Ayuk okay. said, we watch films, and if, if we had a quarterback, they, no, I think it was we, Debo. we would have exposed Fle- the Philly it, defense. It, it was Debo who said it. I think he said it with Adam Shine, as a matter of fact. Uh, Fleek just saying no, the man, same I, Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I thought it was right. Ayuk. No, yeah, Debo but, Samuel. But, but anyway, you know, the final, uh, uh, towards the end of the season, Dallas put a 40 spot on Philadelphia. Well, and, and, and yesterday... Uh, the uh, the Chiefs moved up and down the field. I mean, their their defense is a little overrated, wouldn't you say? Well, I mean, it got it got obliterated in the Super Bowl. I don't know if I could say that it's overrated based on the regular wow. season, but I don't remember Bob anybody calling yesterday. We had somebody say that uh, they were being compared to you know the '85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens, whatever. I never once got that feel at all this year. Right. That people were comparing that team to a, the great defenses, and regardless of what other people were saying, I never once thought it was a great defense. That I think it was good. And, yeah, sure. I mean, it was certainly you know one they of had the all those the all, they had all those sacks, seventy some odd sacks. But look who they were playing against: the NFC East and the, and and bad teams in the NFC. The NFC. You know, uh, let me get to my point. Well, when I they con- gave I wanna... the numbers for these sacks, that's where maybe people were drawing the comparisons right. because the numbers were so high, but. I never looked at that team saying that they had a great defense. But, look, you could favor the Niners, and I would favor the Niners next year, assuming that – If Brady was on. Well, well, not, not even if Brady. I mean, they got to figure out what's going on with the quarterback. Right. I mean, they obviously it's not going to be Garoppolo. Is it going to be Purdy? Is it going to be Lance? Are they going to get somebody right. else? We'll see what happens with the 49ers. But it's them and the Eagles. Everybody else is right. underneath them. You're right. Sal, let me get to you. On your opening last night, I totally agree with you about something. This recent trend of all the coaches. You know, Bob. Before we move on, I just I do, do have to just say this. Uh, you know, the, the, you would agree that the Eagles' defense is overrated, right? 
I think they are, yeah. Right. Well, then how come the Giants couldn't move the football on them? Well, are you talking about when nobody played? Are you talking about when nobody on the Giants played? No, what do you mean? I'm talking about the playoff game. Well, listen, that's what I want to get to. Oh, okay. Everybody's, uh, you know I, I'm a Giant fan. I yes. love Daybold also. But he made two very critical mistakes, and this gets to your opening last night. The, when the Giants won that coin toss, they had to take the ball. Because on a t- I know, I know you probably noticed, Philadelphia led the league in opening drive scoring. Uh, yeah, well, you heard me rip Andy Reid for doing the same, and I agree with you that we had Ricky Ricardo on, Moose and I did on Sunday morning, and he brought up the point you're bringing up now with Brian Dable. That game was lost at the coin toss. Why would you ever kick you got to score first. Yeah. You got to score first, Al, and then and then he goes for it on fourth and eight, and suddenly, boom, they're down fourteen nothing. Now the Giants, as good as they as as a good of a year they had, they they didn't score thirty points the whole year except for right. the Minnesota game. Yeah, no, uh, but you love the quarterback. They they, they they can't come to a deficit. Uh, well, they don't have they don't have uh, mm-hmm. uh, they don't have fast receivers like Tyreek Hill who can uh, yeah, or who complete Tony. a thirty yard touchdown pass. Yeah. Daniel Jones was good at slants, good at square outs, good at button hooks, but uh, the Giants were not scoring by completing long passes. No, I know. I was just kind of messing with you, but I, I know that you you overrate the Giants, and now you know you're saying that people overrate the Eagles' defense, which I do think that people were overrating the Eagles' defense. But Boy, come still... on, Sal, give me a break. Uh, I, yeah, I think the Eagles are better. I think the Forty ers are better. I think the Giants could play with Dallas. I think they could play with. With any other team, I think the Giants have a ways to go before you start comparing them to Dallas or Philadelphia or San Francisco, the top teams in the NFC. You don't think the Giants could play with Dallas if they had a piece or two? No, but I wouldn't put Dallas on that level either. I I think right now it's clearly the Eagles and the Niners and then everybody else. I would say the Cowboys, though, are still better than the Giants. I think the Giants have work to do. Sal, just just watch. They're going to add. Well, no, I know they're going to add. It's just a matter of what and how much because... They're going to have to pay Daniel Jones. They're going to have to pay Saquon Barkley. So how much are they going to be able to add? And, Sal, the other thing, how does Dayball go for it? Fourth and eight on the 45 yellow line. Bob Letico. It's All baseball right, season. On. You got you got bigger you things to worry fall, about. You have, well, if you're where, down seven is, points, you have to stabilize the game and stay at minus seven. You can't go down 14. You need to worry about Nestor Cortez, Hammy, and Aaron Hicks in left field. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sal. Good night. Let it go, Bob. Thank you for the call. Let it go. I do think the coin toss, I, I just don't understand why coaches defer in certain spots. That was a stupid one from Dable. Not that it would have made a difference in the game because the Giants weren't beating the Eagles. They're just not on their level. But Reed, he did the same thing in the AFC Championship years ago against the Patriots, and it drove me nuts. You are the Chiefs. Why would you kick the ball off to Tom Brady? Why? Take the ball and go down the field and get up 7 nothing and put them in the hole to start the game, especially in this game with the Eagles. Now, it worked out for them in the second half, obviously, and I know that that's the point, but the Eagles are lucky, or the Chiefs were lucky that they were in the game at halftime, down only down 10. They should have been down worse, way worse. Too many teams, analytics say defer, defer, defer. And now everybody does that. But I think the situation, the opponent, should dictate whether you defer. I would never defer to the Eagles. That is their strength. Opening drives. 
go up 7 nothing, especially if you're a team with a, with a great offense, which makes it worse for Andy Reid than it does for Dable. Because I can understand why Dable, why people should say or would say that Dable should have taken the football. But with Reed, you know you got Patrick Mahomes. You've got one of the best offenses. Even more reason to take the football. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. Hey, Chris. Going on. Are you ready for the extraterrestrials to come to Earth? I, I don't know what the hell's going on with all this stuff. I pay no attention for it or to well, we it. Had, we had uh, the queen of you know, aliens with her massive forehead on Super Bowl night. All right. Hey, hey, don't be knocking my girl, Riri. (laughs) Hold on. Um, Yeah, well, I'm a little very disappointed in Stuart from Brooklyn. How could he miss that halftime show when all he talks about is Rihanna? I think he put Rihanna higher, you know, than Tom Seaver. If he ever, you know. Stuart needs to take a hit for last night. You're exactly right. I got it. It's it's unbelievable. We we all wanted to hear one thing. We wanted to hear what Stewart had to say about Rihanna and the halftime show, and he fell asleep during the game. I was I was very disappointed with that. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I thought he was going to have the, the you know the great take on what he felt about it. You know, maybe we'll get it this morning, but it still doesn't hit as much as it would have uh, yesterday. Yeah, um, let's talk. Let's can we can we tra- I would I would welcome some aliens. Let's let's trade off some aliens and get rid of some Giants and Yankee fans. I'll take some of them and get rid. We'll make an even trade. Like, but we can get Bob out of here. Bob can go. No, I like Bob. Come on, Bob's Bob, fun. Bob's a good guy, but like he's a diehard guy. Giant fan and diehard Yankee fan. So what? Well, well they're delusional. The most delusional uh, fan base, you know, that there is. Like, you can tell you, Taylor's every guy. sports fan is delusional. No, every sports now, fan is delusional. I, I get the Giants fans hate Eagle fans, but you come out with your Giant jersey today because the Eagles lost is an embarrassment because they played. You know what? You know horror yesterday, and this same team embarrassed you a couple weeks ago. So you to come out and celebrate that, they would never get on that level. And I was talking to Fleets before. Fleets corrected what I said last night, and it was, you know, it was. That's why I meant to say they never said that he's Daniel Jones is better now. They said he had those same weapons in the future. He's going to be the the best quarterback in, in the NFC East, and that is completely laughable. Okay, it's not. It's not impossible. Well, but that's then, but that's their opinion. But, They're entitled to their opinion, but, as but ridiculous as it may be. And then they were still saying he's a top ten quarterback right now, and they did say that also. And then a caller came back and pushed back on them, and BT put him on the spot, like, okay, start naming quarterbacks that are better right now. And the guy went, you know, Burrow, Mahomes, got to four, and then he started like having like a brain fart. And the guy, and then BT like, see, you can't go past four. So he may be like six, seven. I said, I'm listening. Are you guys really serious right now? Well, we've done you know, it on this not, show. We've done the ten. Daniel Jones is right at. He's right. Well, right. So he's right out of the top ten. We we went over. He's between ten right, and fifteen. Like fifteen. Right. Okay. Well, well, you're right. You could put him anywhere from I think eleven to fifteen. Yes, he's not top ten, and he's never going to be top ten. And and the problem is that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are going to own that division for a very long time, uh, unless he gets hurt for a year. And then who knows? They got Minshew. That's the only time the Giants can win that division. But enough with them. All right. You know, this is the this is the bad part of the year. I was talking to the leagues. Yeah, we got the March Madness coming up. But I hate this time of the year, Sal. Like I don't enjoy basketball like that no more. It's just it's three, it's three. It, it's no, it is to me, Sal. And I know you talked about it too. It's it's it, you know it's like the, how the All Star game is. We always make fun of it. How it's just like an expedition. They're just throwing up threes. They're not playing no defense. It feels like you know you can miss. Maybe 
over three and a half quarters of a game, turn it on at, at five minutes left, and then if it's a close game, and see them, you know, playing hard. And the in the first three and a half minute, three and a half quarters, it's boring. They're not doing anything. They're shooting on threes and just walking around. Yeah, I don't know. I Maybe mean, I was into the game. Hurt. I was into the game last night. I mean, I know yeah. it was Knicks Nets. I actually threw a little wager on it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, thank you, Superbook. Um, and I, I figured the Knicks were actually going to win a game for a change. So, uh, luckily we were on the right end of that one. But, uh, look, I get what you're saying, but if you're yeah, in, if you, it's not the same, but still, I mean, back then there wasn't any offense. So it was throw the ball down low to the big guy, play defense. You talk about, you know, fewer possessions, yeah. way fewer points. I, I get how, like, I like the college game, that style where it's half court game, respect the possessions. But still, it still could be entertaining and fun if you got good players on the floor. And finally, the Knicks have one in Jalen Brunson. I put it this way: forget the style I like of play. Him a lot. Well, yeah. that's the point. Forget the style of play. I could watch Jalen Brunson any night, every night. Well, finally, Sal, we got a point guard. We didn't, and I'm I'm very surprised. And that's what we needed all these years. We needed a, a point guard like that. But um, I like where we're heading, though. Unlike the Nets, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring that. I brought that last week. You know what a failure that is. But. Uh, is what it is. They need to reboot. But real quickly, Sal, um, because you talk about this every night, probably on baseball um, tonight and everything like that. But what 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 are we doing right now? Um, and I heard some news. I don't know before you're on vacation about there's issues also now with Singa now with the pitching. So many pitches he had in Japan and medical concerns with that. Mm-hmm. But this, this whole thing now with that with the Cabrera fail that you know we don't know what that's going to transpire, but. Obviously, it seems like we're we're going in now with no Jacob Degrom. We traded him off for uh, uh, for Verlander, who's you know limited for two years here. You know, like and and I don't think well, what did we really upgrade? You know, with the bat wise stuff like that. Well, you know, they we they didn't. They, I know they, so they didn't. They didn't upgrade. And thank you for the call, Chris. As always, they didn't upgrade the lineup. Where you might get an upgrade is Escobar having a better year. And eventually, Beatty slash Alvarez coming up and producing, whether it be at DH, whether it be at third base or catcher, respectively. Now, you could also have a drop-off in performance from Lindor or Alonzo. The Mets are relying heavily on the guys who did it last year to do it again this year in that lineup. The good news is that you feel that Steve Cohen, not you feel, you know that Steve Cohen is going to do whatever it takes to win. So if they need a piece of the deadline, they're going to go get it. Last year was a little different, unique, in that there wasn't a clear-cut bat that they could have gotten. As frustrating as it was, as annoyed as we were with the lack of moves that the Mets made at the deadline, they will be aggressive. They have some potential with some of the young guys. They have possibilities going out there and adding. But I do think you can make an argument that the Mets could be in a position where they might not be set up to have as good a season as they were a year ago. Like, they're not going to win 100 games this year. That's hard to do, number one. Number two, you expect to drop off in certain areas. Now, maybe they get more starts, you'd hope, from Scherzer and Verlander. Kodai Senga, yeah, it is concerning that his medicals were concerning. But I still think he's going to be okay. I mean, who knows? we got to watch and see how it plays out here. Mets are in a position where they have talent. But they need, you know, they need, they're relying on older guys at the top of that rotation. And they're relying on a thin lineup. 
if Marte's hurt and, you know, he's dealing with that surgery, the uh, abdominal surgery or whatever it is that he had, and he got he was banged up last year, you know, Marte's their third big bat in that lineup. They need him, Alonzo, and Lindor. That's how they're built. If those guys don't do it again, what they did last year, they're going to be in some trouble. But really, it should come down to the pitching with them. Verlander, Scherzer, Senga. How many starts do those guys make? Because behind that, you know, Quintana is okay. Is he going to be better than Taiwan Walker was? Carrasco at the back end of that rotation? Yeah, they have some depth with Tyler McGill and David Peterson, but you don't want to see those two, those guys making too many starts. You can live with a few here or there. You, I mean, they need their horses, Scherzer and Verlander, to go out there and take them out every fifth day. And at their age... There are certainly going to be concerns. You can paint a picture where things go wrong for the Mets. Now, even if things go poorly for the Mets, worst case scenario for this team, it's that they're so good and talented and have so many resources that you shouldn't be thinking it would be worse than 500. But if they were a 500 team, that's bad. And it takes the knee of the New York Giants of the Super Bowl 42 champions. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Keep it going with your calls. Really, whatever it is you want to discuss. I mean, that's what I'm here for now. We're going to talk about sports. There's no clear-cut story at the moment. Obviously, we started the show reacting to the Knicks and Nets game last night. It was fun to watch the Knicks and Jalen Brunson take over for night at the world's most famous. Knicks now have a chance with the Nets trading Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to be a top-six team in the Eastern Conference, which would be a good thing. Now, there are limitations, of course, but it would be a good thing for him to be able to finish in the playoffs as opposed to in the play-in for the playoffs. Then we got baseball coming up, and there's always going to be storylines there and what to expect from both the Yankees and the Mets. We we await a decision from Aaron Rodgers. We await to see what the Giants are going to do as far as adding to their team, how much they're going to give Daniel Jones, what's going to happen with Saquon Barkley. So those are all things that are in play. Rangers, Islanders as well as we'll keep tabs on them. You know, the Knicks going to the All-Star break now after Wednesday night they play in Atlanta. Then they'll be headed to the All-Star break. So take a little break from that. College basketball on the horizon coming up. And whatever. I mean, this is the time to get in whatever it is that you want to discuss in the world of sports. Of course, football and Super Bowl hangover, all that stuff as well. 877-337-6666. Kevin is in Copag. What's up, Kevin? Last week when you were off, I went on a uh, four-day darkness retreat. <laughs> How was that? Oh, it was great. You know, the food was awful, though. Yeah, really. I mean, can you eat in darkness? What do you just... <laughs> it, it's a smell thing. You just have to smell it and feel it. It's about texture and coming to your... You know, getting all your senses working properly. 
So I heard Michael Kay take a shot at the Mets. You know, 10 guys in the WBC, the injury risk, not knowing the new rules at spring training. Are you buying that? Uh, I don't buy it. Michael Kay, why would I care what he says? Why are you listening to him in the first place? I go back and forth on this commercials, but uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like when when the WBC, they're, they're going to be playing some competitive ball. Let me ask you something. How many Met games do you think Michael Kay's watched? Uh, he's a Mets hater, though. I mean, that's well, well, how many games do you think he's watched? It's not even his fault. The guy's a play-by-play guy for yeah, He's the play-by-play guy for the Yankees. You think he's watching Met games? Yeah, no way. No. Oh, okay, so why would I? Well, you're asking me about what Michael K says about the Mets. When I know for damn sure he doesn't know anything about the Mets. Or he doesn't know as much as I know about the Mets. He may read about it. He may watch them when they play in the few Subway Series games that they do. Michael K's not watching the Mets. He's watching the, he's doing the Yankee games as the Mets are being played. Mets games are being played. Well, that, what, well, that what Brandon Nimmo said, though. Like He, he doesn't want to do the WBC because he, 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 he wants to be there at spring training. I don't like the WBC. Me personally. So I don't like the idea of it. I don't really care for it. It does nothing for me. I get that some of the players love it, represent their country. It could be more entertaining than some of the the monotonous spring training games. But if I'm either a fan of a team, which I am, or an owner of a team, which I wish I was, I want no part of my guys who I'm paying going into compete in this World Baseball Classic where they could risk injury. What about uh, the Mets? Who, who do you think can benefit from the, the uh, banning of the ship the most? Um, Good question. And thank you for the call, Kevin. Appreciate you checking in. And by the way, I didn't mean to be too hard on like Michael K here, but I mean, come on. <laughs> He's calling a reference in something Michael K said. What do I give a crap what Michael K said? Especially about the Mets. Uh, K may be a great guy. That's fine. I mean, I uh, couldn't care less about what he says. Um, Don, different story. I like that. Uh, just kidding. All right, Sal, shut up. Move on. Um, what was his point? Oh, who do I think is going to benefit from the the new rules with the Mets? You have anybody, Fleas, that comes to mind right away? Well, you jump to think lefty, so Nimmo, because obviously it's not McNeil, so I would think Nimmo, and maybe Lindor when he's batting lefty, because he pulls the ball a lot as a lefty. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I know you know people say, oh, well, you know, maybe McNeil gets hurt, but I don't think that that's No, McNeil, McNeil just, just knows gonna, where to put the ball. Yeah, yeah he's fine. He's going to rake regardless. Um, Your boy Vogelback, it'll help all the lefties. Yeah, uh, Vogelback probably. And I bet you that's one of the reasons why they're excited about having him. I know he's not making anything, but keep Vogelback because, look, a lot of hitters should improve by because a lot of hitters aren't great, well-rounded hitters that spray the ball over the place. And, again, especially the left-handed hitters. There's shifts against righties, but it's impacted the lefties more and for a longer time. Right, not to the level uh, against the lefties where you see, you know, guys in the guy short, in right mid, field. short right field. Yeah, yeah, that takes away uh, base hits. Yeah, uh, maybe Nimmo's a good one. I think you're probably right about Lindor. I don't know. I want to see it play out. I'm excited for it. You guys like the ghost rules? We welcome in Marco Belletti. You guys like the ghost ghost runner rule here? I can't say I like the rule, but I think it's good for baseball, if that makes sense. I don't love seeing it. I'm more of the, let's just play it out, play yeah. baseball and see what it is. But I think it's good for baseball because I think it gives more intrigue and I think it gets the casual fan a little bit more juice, and I think that's good for the game. What do you think, Fleegs? you like it? I like it as somebody who goes to a lot of 7 o'clock games and has <laughs> to be here by midnight. Uh, I don't hate it as much as I thought I would. Seeing it in action, it's fine. There's a different kind of strategy. I just wish, though, if it started in the 11th inning or 12th, like give me one real extra inning and then go from there. That's not a bad idea. I've heard that being brought up. I, I'm a purist. 
I'm somebody that I wish you could go back to, you know, seven teams in each, you know, each division, break the two leagues up, all National League, all American League, because that's how I grew up. So I like it that way. Making the playoffs is harder. But you have to evolve, and the sport has evolved. And the purist in me says, oh, this is stupid, but the actual fan in me watching the game, you're a fool if you're not embracing the entertaining part of it. It automatically adds drama. If you go into the 10th inning or 11th inning and it's just starting up extra innings, you're not locked in, you know, the way that you would, whatever. You could go do something or have the game on in the background. All of a sudden, 10th inning starts with a runner on second base. You're locked in. Like, now there's drama. And we said for years, you know, people wanted the DH to stay out of the National League because we would talk about strategy. There's a lot of strategy from a manager's perspective Knowing you're tied, even just in the ninth inning, how that would roll right. over into the tenth, and then all of the extra innings that could precede that. So there's still a lot of strategy involved. So if you're a thinker watching a baseball game, it gives you plenty to speculate about, which is what you love for baseball, right? I mean, I, we're, look, anything that baseball gets people talking or gets people's eyes on it. I mean, baseball does an awful job of promoting their game. Awful. So this is something that helps. If it gives juice, if it gives strategy, if it gives anything, if it gives us talking about it, it's good for the game. I don't have to love it personally, but I know that Major League Baseball needs to do a better job of trying to promote their game a little bit, and this is something that gives it a little bit of juice. It's a spark. Isn't it weird, though, that we're all like, yeah, I'm fine with it, with uh, the Ghost Runner, but as long as it's not in the postseason. Like, in the postseason, do not mess with that. Well, it's the same thing, though, like, whether you hate or love the shootout in hockey. Like, in the playoffs, like, we, we have to see the game played the way it's always played just to try to determine the true champion or get the closest we can to a real champion without anything else that kind of just changes the playing field. I right. think that's why people don't want it in the postseason. It is. De- I would. I mean, the postseason people freak out. Oh, listen, I would that. lose my mind too because yeah. it just the, the game is at that point in the postseason. A hundred sixty-two game regular season. As much as we've seen one or two games by teams, especially the Mets, uh, like last year, where it matters. It's such a different feel when it's postseason it baseball. It does. It does. So if I'm playing devil's advocate here, being the negative side of it, that's one argument. Well, if it's you, you like it, but you don't like it in the postseason, why not? And then the other thing is it does cheapen the game to a point where it makes it so much easier to score. You expect the team to score at least one run in extra innings with the runner. It could give one team. Well, one, it definitely gives the home team right off the bat. It gives them an advantage. And in the postseason, you don't want to give anybody an advantage. But then that's what's maybe mm. not okay with it, no? I don't know if it's that. Oh, okay. I think it's just the idea that, I mean, you're, you're talking about 162. One game shouldn't kill you. And if it does, you know what? Kind of tough. But I think it's also the idea of this is a marathon. Do we need to have seven more arms and go 14, 16, 17 innings? Right. In the playoffs, hey, man, got to get a winner. I don't care if you got to blow out your bullpen. You're going to get a day off in two days anyway. Plus, it's the postseason. Figure it out. So I think there's the difference between the sprint of a playoff series where every game, I mean, it's the best of seven versus 162. Let's not blow out an arm. You lose a guy for two months because you had to use him. You had to extend him for a fourth inning when he really should be a one-inning reliever. So I, I think that's the difference. Look, is it does it cheapen the game? Yeah, a little bit. Right. But I don't think that's over 162. 162, I think you can get away with it. Over a playoff series, then it becomes where I talked about, you know, baseball promoting itself. You want to promote yourself in the right way. 
do you really want everybody talking about it because a playoff series was right. on a ghost runner yeah, and everybody's a, complaining? I right, think that's and you bad. talked about like the the injury aspect. You don't want a guy to get hurt because of a 19 inning game in April. If something happens because of an epic postseason game, it's a little bit different. There's Believe the happens. travel aspect. Yeah, there, there's so many different factors. Like you said, the marathon versus the sprint, Marco. That's it, that. It, it, yeah, you, you know, don't want it to be the deciding factor. And with baseball promoting the game in the playoffs, if a game goes long, you know, yeah, you're up late, but it's, it's epic drama, incredible yeah. action. People are glued to the TV. Regular season it gets lost in, in April the shuffle. With, with the yeah. ghost runner and the pitch clock. They want to be able to tell people, hey, max of three and a half hours. You're in. You're out. It's packed into this tight window. Come watch a game. You know that if you commit to it at 7 o'clock, you'll be done by 10.30. Yeah, I, I think it's fine for the regular season, and I would never want to see it in the postseason. And one quick thing before we get to Marco's update. You know, the caller called before asking about which Met would benefit from the, the shift. I'll tell you, the number one advantage that the Mets are going to have with all these rule changes, they've got the right guy in the dugout. They are going to have a major – there's no way you can tell me that any other manager – in baseball, is going to know the rule. Like, well, he already played with the old. He already was there with the old rules. All these young managers, they don't even know what the old rules were like. Right, right. Buck just has to go back Buck, to this is what I did thirty years ago. He lived for it. Like he was looking for something to dive into this off season. He's looking for rule changes so he could dive into it and one up you. Oh, it gives me goosebumps thinking about how smart this guy is, how much he lives for it. He's the Bill Belichick. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the rings, but he's that level of genius when it comes to knowing the ins and outs of the game. It's funny. You got some managers that'll spend their vacations or whatever doing yeah. this, doing that. Buck's just sitting there reading the rule book. Oh, baby! Going over it, it and going over it and going yeah. over it and trying to figure out whatever the, the new clock, the shift. Is he three degrees to the left of whatever? Yes! Buck's got it. All the and back now that the hand. Eagles are done, Aaron Boone can crack it open for the first time <laughs> yeah. and start to figure it out. Yeah. Somebody will hand it to him in spring training. What yeah. do we got here? Yeah. All right. Let me take a look. Anthony Rizzo is exciting about hitting 30 to 40 points higher this year because there's no shift. And Aaron Boone's like, oh, really? Okay. I, didn't, I didn't see that in the data department. Oh, I'm no. In. I'm not picking Computer on Boone. Computer spit you, that one out. You guys are going to get me in trouble with, with Boone. But it does speak to the... It, Buck and um, imagine you know Louis Rojas for example or Mickey Calloway that doofus didn't even right know with Boone I'm just joking more because of the Philly stuff with a guy like Rojas or Calloway I mean forget it right I mean these guys it's just it put it this way it's just great to know that Buck is in the dugout of the team that I am rooting for. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 